Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where we chat with startup founders just like you from all over the globe. Each episode, we bring you practical and actionable tips to help you escape the cubicle and begin your own startup journey. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. Here's a quick word from our sponsor, Podbrand Media. As a business owner, new sales leads are essential. At Podbrand Media, we create a branded podcast for you to generate those leads by interviewing your best potential clients as subject matter experts. Not only creating great rapport, but also great content to share in your industry. Affordable and effective. Contact us today at podbrandmedia.com to learn more. Welcome to another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Christina Hawatme. Christina, thanks for joining us on Rising Tide. Excited to be here. So I would love for you to just share just a little bit about yourself. Like if you and I met at a networking event, how would you introduce yourself to me? I am the founder and CEO of Scopio, which stands for Scope It Out, and is a platform where more than 20,000 artists upload and sell their art and images and get hired by companies like Disney, Microsoft, Meta, all the way down to the small business. I'm also a new author of the year Time Stopped, the that, global pandemic yeah. in photos. That is an incredible book. And, and we will certainly make sure that that's in the show notes. But I love the story behind it as well. And we'll, we'll get into that a little bit later in the show. But tell us just really quickly, how did the idea come about to start Scopio? I was always very passionate about social change since I was a young girl and I wanted to find something as big as I could possibly think of to spend my life working on in a play in an era where there was limited opportunities uh, for doing that. You could, if you wanted to change the world, you go to the UN or you go work in the government. But then I discovered tech and I was like, this is the coolest thing. And I still love tech and all the new advancements. And I, I, I thought it was so cool to build a mobile app and uh, went on this journey to share people's stories and images and preserve imagery for the next generation as we were facing billions and billions of images that were now being uploaded on social media mm-hmm. that I felt like nobody's realizing how important it is that we're putting our whole life on these platforms. And I wanted to do something at that intersection. So... When, you know, it's it's an interesting story to me how companies get their names. What were some other iterations that you thought about early on that that kind of got left on the cutting room floor that didn't quite make the cut and you landed on Scopio? Oh, gosh, I can't remember. I wanted something really scientific for Scopio, and it actually came from a really funny name, which was Protestify, Protest and Testify. Mm-hmm because I, I was just saving protest pictures at the time. And I thought, oh, they're like, what are they doing by like uploading the photo? So I kept thinking like scientifically what's happening when they're uploading the photo. And that's uh, where Scorpio came, came from. And sometimes people say it's Scorpio and I'm like, oh, they get frustrated, but it stands for Scorpio. Or it's Scorpio, it stands for Scope It Out. Uh, you and I had a chance to chat offline and and uh, you mentioned one thing about, you know, when you kind of launched your website initially, you, you were having some tech issues and, and getting it launched and kind of felt like, hey, I missed some opportunities and I kind of failed. But I I think back and, and especially, you know, during Arab Spring, how do you think a marketplace like Scopio could have changed that movement or what what impact do you think it could have had globally? 
So I was thinking lately that we're living in the minds of whoever the founder is of the platform we're using. As a founder now and seeing the responsibility I have to all the people that use Scopio, I think we're living in Mark Zuckerberg's world with Instagram, or we're living in mm. uh, Elon Musk's world uh, with Twitter. And so it depends who is the brainchild behind it and what they care about. Like I go into Twitter trends and it's like sports and Meghan Merkel. And I'm like, how are these trends? They're trends to whoever is <laughs> developing it, but they're not really trends mm -hmm. for people. So I think it's super important to think about it in that way and understand the importance of you as a product builder and what you're creating. So, I mean, it's, I love what you just brought up. So let's talk about that. Let's dive in there just a little deeper. So when you look at platforms, I mean, you know, the naive side of me says, well, they're just responding to the desires of people, the, you know, what they're searching for and things like that, kind of the zeitgeist or whatever the Google trends are. But there's also kind of an insidious side of it that says, you know what, we we also want to kind of kind of fashion what you're seeing. So it's like this, this, you know, two competing philosophies. Are it sounds like to me that you're trying to build Scopio to be a little more like agnostic and maybe authentic in in the way that it responds to, you know, searches and you know that it presents information. Is that true? I want it to be more like negative energy is very strong and it, it does create a lot of uh, virality effects mm -hmm. when someone is posting something negative. For example, like I look at the celebrity content, the feud between like Selena Gomez and Hailey Bieber, and I'm like, people are really profiting off of pinning them against each other mm -hmm. and that virality. But we have yet in like version 2.0 and now we're even going into web three and we're, we're kind of like so mature in the internet. We've and even in the news cycle, we've never tested positive reinforcement. Like we we are building our machines to be like focusing on negative because we think that's what's newsworthy. Yeah. But it's not what's newsworthy. Why not make something newsworthy that's popular and make that a trend and look at this wonderful thing that happened in the mm -hmm. world and how many people are supporting that? And I think we need to be a little less selfish as product builders and realize that there is more money like for example snapchat is has its user base now paying for their their um platform instead of using advertising against it so we're building this negative reinforcement loop mm -hmm. to get advertisers to pay for the platform but maybe the user base will pay two bucks and or we could actually find positive advertising so i think we have really need to stop and think what are we doing to society? We have the highest rate of depression amongst teenagers mm -hmm. in history. Why is that? Because they're scrolling through and seeing this hateful reinforcement yep. that's viral. Like, why is it like, why? Mm -hmm. So I, I would love to see us test different models of positive reinforcement with one another and see what happens. I mean, it would be super fascinating. And I'm doing that with my platform but on a scale of like Twitter, Instagram, God knows what could happen mm -hmm. if that was the case. I, I know that you're, you're trying to build, you know, you use the word democratization, you know, kind of, of, of the marketplace. And I know you're trying to build a global marketplace for, you know, creatives, you know, to be able to share their content. What were some of the, you know, from a business standpoint, what were some of the pricing models or funding models or revenue models you considered for Scopio when you first started and where are you today? What's, what's the current model today? 
So marketplaces are very tricky because you can price per image and allow the person to price their image, but mm -hmm. they're also not an expert. So mm -hmm. they could be pricing higher or lower and then not meeting the market demand. Then we have the era of subscriptions, which I have now. So I had a big subscription-based platform. We started off with just a, a cheap plan, which was $29 a month. Then we moved into team accounts as we were getting these really big companies mm -hmm. on that were using that right. $29 plan. We moved them into these bigger team accounts. And then kind of the world went back into like poverty. <laughs> and now people want something even easier than a subscription. And like, mm -hmm. yeah, I think about myself and how much I hate subscriptions. So I always think like, would I want to pay for this? So our recent one is uh, image packs. So you can buy packs of five or 25 images at a time and not be tied to a monthly retainer. And then with the commissioning, uh, which I started like two years ago, and that's for hiring the artists, they have now 7,000 skills you can hire them for, everything from physical installation to painting to graphics to video, way beyond photography that you can think of and all the different platforms tools that you can use. And for that, I've been really learning and I've had to do a lot of the sales meeting to understand what is the market cost. So the artist will tell us, okay, I can create 10 videos for this amount of money. Mm -hmm. And I have a hundred people telling me their rates. Then I understand, okay, now that's the market right. rate. Right. So my, my challenge now is in automating the connection between them. And Scopio is now the middleman middle woman mm -hmm. <laughs> but we we want to be where like the business is talking directly with the artist they're able to negotiate everybody has a fair bid and what i would really love to do is now with like web3 and blockchain i really love it because of its democratization mm -hmm. but i think like like i was at this big conference recently and the whole conference had these art and illustrations by this mexican artist that had done all of them and i was thinking instead of paying him $20,000 for the whole project, why not give him 0.01% of the conference revenue? So he becomes an equity holder in the actual mm -hmm. business. And I think if we think about it that that way, we're creating so much value on both sides. I mean, there's a famous story of uh, Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg didn't have any money. So he gave like a percentage point to the guy that would paint the murals. And that guy became a millionaire. Yeah, yeah. You know, like th those are awesome things. I would if I could figure I'm like right now, my challenge is figuring out how to do that from a platform perspective. Mm -hmm. So I could, I give people ideas of different business models, different ways to make things happen and uh, have everybody feel good about the business relationship that they're in. So, yeah, it, I mean, my entrepreneurial gears are spinning while <laughs> you're talking there. I'm thinking, well, actually, I wonder if she has thought about doing this with Scopio as a whole. Like, like say every year we, you know, we, have a certain amount of profit we dedicated and, and it's split between, you know, micro shares of everybody on the platform, you know, so, so to speak. And everybody gets a little stipend, you know, kind of at the end of the year or, or something like that. But I, I'm thinking I about model. that with advertising. So we just put up Google AdWords on the platform. Mm -hmm. I've never used advertising. I'm interested to test it. I'm a curious person. So I always mm -hmm. test things. So we put that up and I want to, once it becomes successful or as I'm seeing it, I'll take up the percentage that I usually give to artists for their image downloads as a percentage from the ad revenue. And I also don't think other people think about that, right. but that's a good way to kind of be more equal mm -hmm. and have the people participate more because the goal of 
any product is you want participation in that product. So mm -hmm. how can you continue to incentivize within like the monetization that is, exists today? And I mean, I'm thinking of like even premium models, you know, if you're getting people on the platform, say the first two or three years, and then all of a sudden, you know, there is a, an introductory, you know, subscription model or whatever, but yeah, I, I, I love the way you've iterated. You know, I've had that. some people like come to me and say, make Scopio free, like Unsplash, and you're going to get a billion hits on the site. And I know that's true because those were the numbers for Unsplash because it's a free library. I think at the time they had under a million images, which mm -hmm. is, I have 3 million images, uh, but they're gated in and theirs are free. So, but like, I still care so much about giving that value back to mm -hmm. the people creating it. Yep. So I haven't tested it, but in terms of an analytics perspective, I'm super curious to be like, yeah, well, we could have like one of the most traffic libraries in the world if we did do that. So those are the kinds of challenges you face when you're thinking about how can I grow this thing to be so much bigger, 10x, 100x than where mm -hmm. it is today. And I, I think there there's no perfect like example or perfect mentor for your company, but there are a lot of like uncles and aunts, you know, companies <laughs> that you can look at and say, yeah. you know, what's applicable here from, you know, what can I learn from Meta? What can I learn from Twitter? What can I learn from Instagram? So, and, you know, mistakes as well, you know, mistakes they made. But um, are there yeah. artists on there that... I mean, are, is it tiered? Like, do you have certain artists that are very popular that they, you know, they they even drive traffic to the site because of their, you know, popularity or whatever, and there's kind of an extra incentive they get, or is it just strictly a commission-based? So artists make money on the downloads of their images from whatever which was purchased. So I just sold an image for $4,000, for example. They're going to get 40% of that. Wow. And then same, but but I could also sell it for a twenty nine dollars subscription, and they make a percent forty percent mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. So it's it's really gamified. Some people really don't like that, but it's also good in your favor sometimes. And it's funny because the ones that might sell for so much money are could be so basic. Actually, they are a lot of times really basic, like for a book cover or a billboard, or they really need something that they could edit. Mm -hmm. So you'd be surprised. And I have not been able to derive a pattern of what images get used the most. Like in my 10 years, it's random. That's what to me is so crazy. I have 30,000 businesses that are using the images. And then we have tons of people that come and search. And I'm like, okay, they must want this. But then everybody wants something different, which is why it's important that I grow this library to be really representative of the world. Because you could have an agency in India or you could have a brand in Kansas and they need something that is important mm -hmm. for them. And that's really hard to teach the artists, like give us all your stuff because like, we don't know what's going to sell. And when I realized it wasn't enough that some of these amazing people were getting millions of views, they have their analytics, but maybe they'd make a few bucks a month and they were like frustrated. Then I started to interview them on my podcast, scope it out. And I did that during COVID because I was bored and I was like, wow, these people have so many dreams. Like their dream is to work with Vogue. Their dream is to work with Disney. Their yeah. dream is, and I was like, I can call them and see if they want to work with them. And that's what I started doing. And it started to work. And I wanted to make them thousands of dollars. And now I make them tens of thousands of dollars. Wow. And so it, it really is not that people are more talented than other people. It's that they have something that somebody needs yeah. specifically. Yeah. And people should, I think if they thought like that, they could get lucky. Mm-hmm.
is there do you do you kind of help your artists think through like what is the I overuse the word zeitgeist. What is the the trending things? I mean, are you are you, you know, within the community saying, hey, people are really starting to search for these types of images, and these you know companies are really looking for this type of content, and and or is that or is it just changing so quickly that that would almost be obsolete by the time you published it? Our new product advancement for the app is that there will be alerts on opportunities. So um, like we just finished the screen next week, I'll be launching it. And every day you're going to get alerts because we get so many requests for either commissioning an artist or just a subject matter that's missing. But we've never been like communication is super hard mm -hmm. platform wise. Yep. I haven't been able to invest the way I want it, the way I really want to and to get this information across. But in terms of analytics, I'm a big AI like fan mm -hmm. and I love all the data. We have like probably a billion data points right now of like what people are saving, what people are downloading um, and using those. But I've been trying to figure out how to do it without uh, suggesting like things that will diminish their creativity. So if it's like you on the computer, this like your image is actually is a huge one that I would sell right now. Somebody working with on a podcast, that's a big seller, but I don't want to like say that their stuff is not valuable. So uh, hey, I'll I sell you this for four grand. I mean, if you want to take <laughs> this beautiful picture for $4,000, it's yours. <laughs> okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, it's really interesting. I mean, I know companies have the ability to search and individuals can search, but can they also request through the platform? Like, can I get on there and say, hey, I'm really looking for this type of content. Is that pushed? out into the community in any way? Yes, on every artist page, you can request from that artist for more things. So there is a form that is on every artist page and you can fill that out. And then that goes directly into the platform and with a notification to that user. So you can either buy something outright from them mm -hmm. or you can request content. And everything within the platform. Yeah, so yeah. well, on a two-sided marketplace, what makes my job challenging is that I have the businesses on desktop and I have the artists mainly on mobile. Mm -hmm. So the requests are coming from the computer and then they're going into the mobile app and then they're getting uploaded and then they go back to right. desktop. Right. So um, the multi-channel piece is the fact that people still need to download most of their images on computers. You would think there was more mobile downloads because mm -hmm. we're usually posting them on mm -hmm. social, but there's usually a lot of things that are going on before that happens. Hmm. That is, I mean, and it, it really is interesting because, you, you know, I mean, the generation that uses it the most is certainly more mobile, you know, first than I think anything else. But well, um, most of our users are actually like professionals, like in their 30s, 40s, 50s mm. on that are using the images. And then the like the creators or the, or the ones that are searching, the ones that are searching and yeah. downloading content are yeah. usually, yeah, I, the, what I've from what I've gathered and people I've spoken to and. The, re the data we have are in their 30s, 40s, and 50s. Mm -hmm. And then the artists are usually between like 20 and 40 mm -hmm. that are per that are uploading their work. That it is, uh, I mean, it's such a unique If that's allowed product. to say, I don't know. Today, it's like hard to say those things. But... Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but it is, uh, I mean, it, it, it is a, it's an enormous potential, you know, when you talk about, you know, the, 
Unsplash or you talk about the flickers of the world or, you know, Meta and, and Instagram. I mean, those are those are certainly enormous global, you know, marketplaces. And but I, I see that, you know, the barrier to Scopio is just figuring it out. I mean, there's there's no other barrier. There's no global barrier to it. There's no, I guess, geographic barrier to it. So it's it is such a an enormous task, you know, and what are some lessons that you've learned along the way as you founded this company, as you as you're leading it, as you're casting vision, as you're interacting with the HR stuff and the, you know, the daily grind of of everything you've got to do? What are just one or two like nuggets that you wish you would have known when you first started that you know today that you know you could look back and maybe it helped somebody else along their journey a little bit? I think starting off one-to-one exchanges actually work. So people think, how am I going to get thousands of people here? Uh, I, I could never do it. We started off by messaging people on Instagram and we got the first 5,000 people that way. And then those wow. people started telling people. But now my challenge is that that's only taken me here where I have about 20, 30,000 artists. Mm-hmm. Now I'm thinking what are network effects and how do I learn what, about network effects mm-hmm. within products I clearly built the product in a way that isn't giving this like, like it needs to be distributing itself without me like anymore. Like a flywheel. So yeah. like a flywheel. Mm-hmm. So that's product-based notifications and different viral things that a lot of the big companies and why people hire so ancestrally in, in Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. It's because they know how to grow from this stage to the next one. Yep. And And so to be able to do that without like spending all your money on Google ads or Instagram ads are... That's a huge challenge for me in this stage to get to the next level. Number two is uh, you never know what random creative thought actually is important. So you have to keep practicing your creativity uh, because if you're stuck. Uh, and then the third one is when something's working, keep doing it. Sometimes as an entrepreneur, you're just like, you want to move on to the next thing. But if you find something that works, you have to keep doing it. And that discipline is super hard. And I never understood that when people would say that, like, oh, I sent an email out and I got 10 subscribers. Like, okay, send another email out. Okay, send another email. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm going to do something else. That's right. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to do something else. That consistency and discipline. And then the most important one of all is that you're the hero. Nobody's coming to save you and nobody's going to do your job for you. Mm. You might be meeting all these people and thinking somebody's going to solve your problem. No one's going to solve your problem except for yourself. (laughs) <laughs> I love that. And I, and it's, it's interesting just having, having met you today and having this conversations we've had, I can see that in spades with you. I can see that just, I mean, it just oozes out of your personality that you, you certainly have bought that, that, uh, that mantra that says there is no one else coming. <laughs> it, it is. Up There's so me. many people that help me. Happen. I mean, I am so lucky. Like we talked about, I ask people for favors all the time. I ask for advice all the time. I have so many people that help me and I actually needed that. And you need that. Whoever's listening, don't think you can do it on your own. Yep. But the actual problem that you have, like after you go and ask your people, like you're the one that has to figure that out. Like I was a part of SVB bank collapse. I mm. was one day I woke up, all my money was gone and Silicon Valley bank was closed. I was like, who, like, this is my job today that mm. I have to go get all my money from a bank that closed down. That was supposed to be, you know, a stable bank. Yeah. Like no one else is going to be the person that does this right now. So you have these like board, like really hard things that you have to do and like nobody's going to do them for you, but you. And that's what I mean is like, 
conquer up, you know, <laughs> that's like a war term. I won't use that, but got to do it. Yes. Yeah. And, and certainly I, it'll be interesting to see, just kind of watch the journey of Scopio over the next year or so, next two, three, five years. And just to see, because I mean, it's, you're in a, you're in what version 2.0 or whatever that the version that exists. I mean, what does 3.0 look like? I mean, you're, you're going to learn things the next year and two years that are going to be life-changing, you know, and, and career changing for, for you that uh, I, I have a feeling you're going to be able to pivot and adapt, you know, to whatever comes, but it's a challenging environment right now. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not easy for anyone, whether you're the biggest company in the world or the smallest company in the world, like the amount of new technologies that, that you have to learn. I've become oh, a wow. student again yep. and you never know what it's like, especially AI generated images. Like mm -hmm. there's so many different things now you can't fall behind, but what I built Scopio is that as a community-based platform, like I really want anyone that is a part of it, whether they're getting images, hiring somebody, or whether you're an artist to really feel like it's yours to build. Mm -hmm. Like I'm only one person, but these people, like if you love it and you want to see this grow, share it on your social media, tell your friends about it, you know, do things to help make that successful. Don't think that just because something has built is built is that mm -hmm. that's all it takes especially when you call it a community, like it really takes everybody to come to the potluck dinner, yeah. you know, and yeah. do their share. And I, I, that's my challenge right now with the audience that I have is there everyone asking me for things, but you know, I think it's time I ask everybody for help and, and start to get the word out more. And uh, I feel like a lot of people know about Scopio, but still we have a long way to go. Well, please close us out today by telling people where the best place to find you, you know, highlight that book that, uh, that you have sitting yeah. right beside you and, and, uh, how people can get on the platform. So this book is a historic book on 2020 that will literally live in your household for the next hundred years. I believe it was featured at the Grammys with, uh, given to Jill Biden, Beyonce, Rihanna, and so many more presenters and winner of the mind award for so like stimulating topics of different stories from people that will inspire you. You can find it on every major retailer, Amazon, Walmart, Barnes and Noble, Target, um, anywhere around the world. And you'll be supporting these incredible voices. You can follow us on Scopio Images and our app is called Scopio in iOS and Android. Please download it, add a profile and share who you are or discover other talented people and follow them on the platform. We will certainly make sure those are in the show notes. And uh, Christina, thank you so much for just taking time. I, it's been a, a true pleasure to to meet you virtually and to hear your story. And and I know that you've spent a lot of time today, you know, sharing with me, you know, the your history and and what it, what it is you're heading toward. And I'm I'm excited to see that. But just really just doing your part and playing your part and helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Christina, have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Make sure you follow up with our guests today and show them the support they deserve. As always, thank you for listening and playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide.